if we're going to believe that God's word is true, then we have everything we need to properly respond to this crisis. The question is only, will we go? Hi, this is Reba Collins, All In Community Consultant, and you're listening to the All In Community Podcast. All In Community is an initiative of the West Ohio Conference to train, equip, connect, and resource local churches to be bodies of Christ that embrace our neighbors who've been affected by crime and incarceration. Today, our special guest is my good friend, Mike Davis, from Ohio's Department of Rehabilitation and Correction. Mike serves as the Bureau Chief for the Office of Reentry and Enterprise Development. He also serves as the Religious Services Director and previously served as the Director of Victim Services. On today's broadcast, Mike and I are going to be talking about the special relationship All in Community has with the state's efforts in reentry and rehabilitation and why the state invites faith communities to have an active presence in our prisons and community reentry efforts. Mike, welcome to our podcast, and thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us today. So to set the stage for today's discussion, would you describe for our listeners, Mike, what reentry encompasses as far as the state is concerned? Because reentry can really be defined in a variety of ways. Uh, Reba, you're, you're absolutely correct. From our perspective, reentry really is a system of governance. So that includes uh, pre-sentencing, admittance to prison, uh, the period of incapacitation, uh, at which time we do assessments and uh, programs are administered services to address specific criminogenic needs. Uh, but reentry also talks about the system as it relates to exiting an institution and going back into a local community. And, and Reba, let me just say this, people who go into prison or jail are coming home. Recent statistics sort of say, or at least it's commonly understood that 95% of all those in correctional facilities around the state are coming back to a local community at some point. But it's also, reentry that is, is also a, an ideology or a philosophy that sort of says we need to work with people from the time they come into our system to the time they exit. And, and even a step beyond that, I think we need to look at taking reentry and moving it toward total integration into the fabric of local communities. I've talked with some of your chaplains, and that is one of the big concerns and one of the burdens on them and on their heart is that they see this transformation occur within the institution, and then when the person leaves their care, so to speak, they worry that they won't have a church or a faith community that will welcome them, accept them, and keep them on that journey of yes. redemption and reconciliation and forgiveness and all those things. That, that's exactly right. And that's really, Reba, that's why the partnership with the United Methodist Church, West Ohio Conference, and the All-In Community Initiative is really exciting for us because we have a partner that's willing to come in, to reach in, and also walk people back out into community. I guess from a theological standpoint, the church is well equipped to do this. Uh, on my ride over here today, I was reminded of the the widow that met with the prophet and only had a little oil and a little flour. And uh, because of God's intervention, because of his rich supply for all that we need, mm. the oil did not run out until the vessels ran out. We have, uh, because of God's Holy Spirit, uh, we have everything we need to equip, support, and supply resources that will help people when they return from a period of incarceration. I often tell our groups that we are blessed 
to be living in the state of Ohio because the DRC is actively inviting the faith communities to join you in creating and transforming environments and relationships. Why is it important for us to be part of this engagement inside our institutions? Yeah, Reba, thank you for asking that that question. For us in the Department of Corrections, our reach only extends so far. Once you hit the gate, once your period of community supervision is over, we're, we're sort of done. And so the handoff to local neighborhoods, to residents, to communities must take place. And so building that relationship, making those connections prior to release is meaningful for the men and women who are currently inside. It gives them hope. They, they understand and see what uh, forgiveness looks like. They understand what redemption is and what it looks like. And uh, as we both know and our listeners know, that our congregations are full of people who are living as a result of a second chance. That's right. We have been redeemed. We are the redeemed. Mm-hmm. And so we can't forget our brothers and sisters who are incarcerated, who are redeemed as well, but need to learn how to do this walk. Wow. Yeah. It's it's a matter of remodeling and retooling and rethinking what relationship mm-hmm. looks like. I would like to switch topics just a little bit. In the Office of Reentry, you actually have a faith-based initiatives coordinator, our good friend Gary Croft. Yes, yes. Wonderful man. <laughs> Wonderful man. Um, and about the time that at West Ohio launched All In Community, you guys launched this Life Builders program. And this is one of the ways that West Ohio is partnering with the DRC to build authentic relationships inside their prisons. Can you tell us a little bit about the purpose and the goal and then the impact that Life Builders is having? Yeah, I, I sure can. And, and, and Reba, I have to say this, that, that Life Builders started from a conversation with our director, Gary Moore, mm-hmm. who who is... Uh, a great man of faith. Uh, he, he's humble, uh, also a visionary. Uh, a conversation he had with Gary Croft, and he said, "You know, Gary, uh, I want a faith-based mentoring program because the faith-based community brings so much to the table. They're, they're so well resourced and connected. Uh, we want to get them in again to come alongside our men and women." Uh, I, I feel like I should say something that's more complex. That there's a, a, a certain formula. Uh, to success of this program, but really it's coming alongside and, and being that, that help, being that, uh, that listening, that sounding board, uh, being that coach, bring that, being that prayer partner, and uh, essentially just coming in and engaging in relationship, as you said earlier, which is probably the most meaningful aspect uh, of the uh, mentor-mentee relationship. Yeah. It is very simple. It is. It is, right? Yeah, that's right. It, uh, it, it's simple in the execution of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the hard part is getting over the fear I, I think to do so. it. I think so, Reba. And, and, and I tell you what, it is, uh, I'm reminded, here I go with my another Sunday school lesson, I guess, <laughs> in, in the book of Mark when our Lord uh, heals Simon Peter's mother. And they brought all these people to to be healed. And the next morning, the Lord gets up and goes off and prays. And the story goes on that the disciples went and said, hey, everybody's looking for you. And instead of going back into a place of comfort, staying within the confines of community that he knew, the Lord says, we must go to other towns because I must preach uh, that's why I came. And so what we're talking about with Life Builders is what the church is called to do. We must go. We must reach out. 
prisons are a domestic missions field. Uh, there are so many people who come from backgrounds where they simply have not heard the gospel. Right. They're coming from backgrounds that are, some of them, very much like ours, and they've lost their way. They've made mistakes. And uh, some of them come from backgrounds, though, that are distinctly different. And so members of the faith community provide, again, a, a great example of what is possible. Mm. Because with Christ, uh, we do believe that all, all things, things are possible. That's right. Yeah. Thank you for that lesson. It's one that we, <laughs> that we should probably hear over and over again. So what are some other ways that we can partner directly with your office and with the DRC to build those authentic relationships? Because that seems to be the key and that seems yes. to be the theme. Yeah, right? yeah. and I will tell you this, uh, certainly the uh, uh, opportunity to serve in various ways is, is there. We mentioned, you know, Bible study. We mentioned, you know, preaching and, and so forth, uh, the mentorship program. But there are, there are also others. And one of the more unique programs that, that is being implemented in our, in our system, and some of the, uh, the West Ohio Conference members have uh, been involved in this, is the Stepping Up program, which is funded by Family Life, uh, which is out of Little Rock, Arkansas. And so what Stepping Up is is simply a 10-week program where you get a facilitator's guide or DVDs that come with it. And uh, again, it's a very simple curriculum where you really guide people in discussion about what it means to be a man Wow. based on Christian principles. And, and I have to tell you, it's really taken off like wildfire mm-hmm. and, and it's grown exponentially. The men love it. And I think one of the reasons, uh, Reba, is because the program is not designed specifically for men who are incarcerated. Okay. It's designed for men. This program has provided an opportunity for facilitators who may say, you know what, I'm not quite ready to mentor, but I can lead a discussion group. And so right. really, uh, I think the thing about um, men and, and the women who are incarcerated is that there are so many talented people, so many bright people, so many people who are willing and wanting to engage right. that the people who have come in to volunteer for these programs say to us, they get more out of it right. uh, than they feel that they give. And I'm not sure that's quite true, but but certainly we are happy to hear that they, they find so much meaning right. uh, out of the engagement. You and I were recently at a coalition meeting down in mm-hmm. Butler County, and you talked about our country be- being in a transition from an era of mass incarceration to an era of mass supervision. Um, you also said that, it, that you think this is probably the social issue of our time. So can you expand m- some more on the current social dynamic around the reentry that is occurring sure. in our country? I, I sure can, Reba. It's a big statement because it's a big problem. Up until around 2000, we were in an era of mass incarceration where in 2009, for the first time in the history of our country, one in 100 adults were in jail or prison. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when we include community supervision as a part of that, that was one in 31 adults under some form of correctional supervision in this country. Wow. In Ohio, that number got to one in 25. Wow. And so it is a, a, a large issue. And uh, since about 2000, about 650,000 men and women have been coming home from jail or prison each year in, in this country. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, what happens now? So where do you see the church's role being in engaging in 
in the local efforts. Aha, yes. Uh, the, I think the, the, the church should be part and parcel of the, the whole response. And so one of the great things about what's occurring in Ohio is you don't have to go it alone. And so local church communities uh, can partner up with these uh, very active reentry coalitions that often include uh, units of local government, other organizations who are maybe historically uh, connected with uh, representatives or members of uh, the returning citizen community. And you can contribute from the resources that you have at your uh, discretion. And so there's no need to carry the weight of the whole reentry uh, dilemma because we do understand that not only are there tangible things that people need, housing, transportation, employment, but incarceration does a couple of things uh, as well. It, it really uh, affects your, your sense of hope. Mm. And so many people return to the community hopeless. It, it also uh, mitigates maybe your, um, your own self-agency. And so a lot of people who've been incarcerated for a while right. are overwhelmed by all of the choices, choices. that we have uh, in, in our communities. And so churches deal with uh, the ineffable, th- those things that we, we can't necessarily put our hands on. Our, our church members are, are expert at. Right. And so it, it's bringing our expertise to the table to, to ultimately help uh, everyone respond to increased quality of life for all of our Ohioans. I hadn't really even thought about that until uh, you just mentioned it. As we've discussed in the first All In Community podcast, the genesis for All In Community was came from a group of West Ohio leadership going and really building authentic relationship with the Boys in Blue down in Chillicothe. But we have people in our communities, right, while they're in Chillicothe or Lima or Toledo. Mm -hmm. um, In our communities, we have neighbors and congregations who are living through this loved one's experience. And we also have victims of crime Mm -hmm. in our community. And sometimes the victim and the perpetrator are in the same family. Yes. Right? So what is the DRC doing to promote family reconciliation um, inside? And then how can our members and congregations facilitate that effort? Yeah, that's that's a great uh, a great question. And I, and I think uh, of, of all the things that we've discussed, probably the most complex. And, and I think we have to be uh, mindful. Good public safety includes making sure that, that victims are safe and secure, that they have information about, uh, say, the status of the, of the offender and, you know, when he's returning back to the community, and that church communities are also, also very supportive of uh, the victims' rights community and of those individuals who've been harmed. We uh, at DRC ensure that while uh, men and women are incarcerated, they have opportunity to learn a little more about the impact that crime has on crime victims and communities through our Victim Awareness Program, which I know is one of the more popular programs mm-hmm. uh, in, our, in our department. I think the, the, the big thing is, uh, from a faith perspective, is to, to recognize we have dual responsibility. And I, I think of uh, the Great Commission that most prison ministries have as sort of their motto, and, and I was in prison and, and you visited me. But what I don't see enough, and I, and I think the faith community can do a better job of is ensuring 
that Luke 10 is also discussed, and that's the, the story of the Good Samaritan. And so it really tells the story of a person who's a crime victim and how we ought to respond. And, and I think the, the big thing for me, as I think about that story, uh, the Lord says, go and do likewise, that we should treat our neighbors mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a specific manner that's supportive and, and caring. And so if members of our community who have been victimized are supported and lifted up, I think that it also stabilizes uh, the community. So when, when offenders return, they're coming into a more stable environment okay. and, and can lead to more successful outcomes. So the lived experience of being disconnected from community, it, that's another theme that we've been talking about, is a huge part of why some communities are those major exporters of our mm-hmm. citizens into the criminal justice system. And I think often we are so overwhelmed by what we see in our community that we are fearful. And this paralyzes our response, Mm -hmm. right? But uh, as you and I both look out over the West Ohio Conference and Ohio mission field, we see that there are gaps, but we see that there's bounty as well that God has provided for us. What are some of the key provisions, and this is my last question, what are some of the key provisions you see God giving us to be able to do the preventive, to do the healing, to build those authentic relationships? And where does the church need to act on this to make the greatest impact? It's been humbling uh, to see the response of the, uh, uh, the men and women from the West Ohio Conference. Uh, the, the big thing, is the recognition that there is no us and them. Mm-hmm. It, it is a, it is a, a we thing. And, and the church is uniquely positioned. If, if we're going to believe that God's word is true, then we have everything we need to properly respond to this crisis. Mm-hmm. The question is only, will we go? And so I would just encourage the, the men and women of the West Ohio Conference, mm-hmm. trust the Lord for his provision and his protection, and he's going to guide us through. Uh, uh, I'd be uh, remiss if I didn't say um, uh, not everybody wants to be worked with. Right. And so there are men and women in our in our facilities who who don't want anything to do with what we're right. we're talking about. There are people who are committed to to uh, a lifestyle that's uh, not in congruence with with being a good citizen. Mm-hmm. And so we'll uh, trust that that. Uh, uh, the criminal justice system, and the Lord will take care of that. But for those who are willing to engage, right. I think we should have our, our arms open and our hands out to assist them in uh, a successful return. Mm-hmm. A successful return for somebody coming for prison, uh, them not returning back to the community means that somebody else did not get hurt. Right. And so when we think of it in terms of relationship, uh, a, a low recidivism rate, means uh, a better quality of life for all of of us in in this great state. Mike, thank you so much for taking your time today to provide us this invaluable insight into re-entry. We so appreciate 
the investment you continue to make in us as we continue to engage in life-transforming relationships with men and women involved in the criminal justice system. To our podcast listeners, thank you for listening today, and we invite you to check out more all-in community resources on the West Ohio Conference website at westohioumc.org. Thank you and have a blessed day.